This is CyberSound, your simplified and fundamentals-focused source for all things cybersecurity, with your hosts, Jason Pufal, Stephen Maresca, and Matt Fusaro. Welcome to CyberSound. I'm your host, Jason Pufal, joined, as always, by Steve Maresca and Matt Fusaro. Hello. Hi. Hi. Uh, so today we get to tackle the, the topic of uh, sort of perceived privacy and security risks, uh, security issues facing TikTok. Uh, I mean, we, I think we've, we've all seen the myriad states uh, that have now you know, placed a formal ban on TikTok, primarily for you know, government institutions. Um, you know, are, is, are the blocks justified? You know, are, the, are the threats that they're citing you know, legitimate? Maybe that's a strong way to put it, because I'm sure there's, you know, there's some truth to them, certainly. But you know, why go down this path? There's a lot of, there's a lot of social media and, and data sharing networks out there like this. Uh, what makes TikTok so unique and why are people so concerned about it? So it, it's not a Amer- an American phenomenon. It's certainly occurring internationally. Belgium is one yeah, example of a country that's performed a similar prohibition. There are lots of states that have banned, you know, uh, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Maryland, Nebraska, North Dakota, m- several others at this point. Um, the important thing to know is that a lot of the actions being taken at the federal level are informed by data that we don't have as people in the public sphere. So does it imply that there is a requirement to act in your personal or corporate uh, area of influence? Maybe, maybe not. You have to think about the threat model in in particular here and and some of the the actions that have been concerning. Before you get into the threat model, so let's talk specifically about what the bans are, right? That's easy. It's a ban of the use of TikTok on devices, that are owned by the individual or owned by the organization under the influence. So, you know, state-owned yep. devices, right? corporate devices, uh, federal devices. But not personally devices. owned devices. Right. Well, it, there's a blend there because- Yeah, they'll block them at right. their firewalls. Exactly. Right. right. Yeah. So you can't bring them in and use their wired network, their wireless network. Right. That's and the they're idea. saying that they can't have a TikTok account that is tied directly to an institution. In essence, but but I do think we need to talk about the threat model first. Sure. Because here's the thing. The concern is that the use of any device, personally owned or otherwise, in sensitive scenarios is valuable to the owners of TikTok and by extension, the Chinese government. There's a nation national defense consideration that's usually at the underpinning of these conversations. It makes sense if you're talking about, you know, uh, someone in the armed forces with their TikTok app open when they are on the job in a sensitive location. You're giving away some sort of behavior, Mm -hmm. giving away density of other peers that might be in that same location using the app at the same time. That's meaningful from a defense perspective. Outside of that sphere, does it have the same threat? You know, if you're a college student using TikTok to share videos and look up, you know, the behavior of celebrities, probably not. Yeah, probably, probably not. I I think what they're what they're also worried about is how the algorithms are used, right? You know, what content's being driven towards certain people, uh, for for whatever reason it might be, right? Um, Proliferation of misinformation, exactly. malicious advertisements, yeah. that sort of thing. Yep, or or just driving meaningless content to people, just for the betterment of some other group, right? 
There could be a hundred reasons why they do it. Now, here's the thing. There have been many allegations that employees of ByteDance, the parent organization of TikTok, have accessed the data of U.S.-based TikTok users. And that's true of every other country that has also banned uh, TikTok. That's the fear. But, you know, for the vast majority of TikTok users, they are willingly sharing their location, their image, their videos, and things of that nature. For those individuals especially if they're operating in a place that doesn't have sensitivities attached. Other than privacy, there aren't too many considerations at play aside from the sanctity of those individual devices. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the thing that we've seen cited, maybe in more you know, opinion pieces, are hey, we're, you know, they're able to get a broader sense of the behaviors, right? We'll talk about this from the American perspective, right? Behaviors of Americans, uh, and they can adjust their own policy to run counter to the way you know, the way our way of life works I think there's a you know there's a group of people who feel like there's a legitimate threat to that American way of life and I feel like to me that feels a little bit far-fetched uh, maybe there's a grain of you know some ability there but I'm not sure if it would manifest in reality yeah I'd say it's you know, maybe a data point for <laughs> right. for those organizations but yeah I mean and you know, we talked about this before we started recording here, how you know, it's interesting that it's just TikTok that they're concerned about. I and mean, we just had a huge information disclosure based on Discord, right? Yeah, certainly so, not the only company. Yeah, it's not the only company. And th- I think that's where a lot of people kind of don't like what's going on with a countrywide ban, where why them if we have all of these other organizations doing essentially the same exact thing? Right. So it's a little hazy. Right? right. I mean, Facebook meta, I mean, yep. good, good example. I mean, very well documented, similar misbehavior for almost a decade at this point. There's a lot of reasons that the FTC has, uh, you know, consent degrees, decrees uh, established with them. It's a pervasive problem. Whatever data and demographics are being used to make uh, algorithmic decisions, you have these risks at play. Right. Uh, so, I mean, do we expect more states to follow? I mean, we're, we're certainly getting – I feel like we're, we're on the side of working with clients that are in states that have had you know, the, the, the block enacted, sort of asking for guidance from us. Um, you know, I mean, I think just from a transparency standpoint, we're really not treating this substantively different than – some of the platforms that already exist, right? To, to, to the point of, you know, Discord and Facebook or Meta. Uh, you know, I, I don't think we've recommended to anybody that they go down the path of, of blocking unless they were required to, right? State agencies, et cetera. Um, do you, you know, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll look at you, Steve, most specifically, because I think you, you've tended to field a lot of these questions. Any reason you'd see your position change on this? I think that the... Utility of a block is questionable in some environments. If you can block at the network level, great. You've just prevented TikTok traffic through devices on a corporate network, on an educational network, what have you. But the possessors of those devices can shift without even them being aware to 5G, 4G, whatever the local secondary uh, access mechanism might be. Does it still give an adversary similarly useful information? Yeah, potentially. I mean, it, 
you could easily yeah, almost assert, certainly right. Yeah. You could easily assert that that person is a member of the community in or the corporation organization uh, in which the block was applied, and right. still deliver meaningful information to yeah, them because there's other data on, there on right. their local on campus right. coffee shop, right? Exactly. I mean, right. So, uh, I, I I think that the conversation needs to be reasonable in the sense that what what are you going to achieve with a block? What residual risk is there? Substantial, if you think a block is actually important. The thing that would make me change to to shift to like an outright prohibition with a platform like this, taking it outside of the scope of just TikTok, would be, you know, is there knowledge that it's being used or planned to be used to deliver some sort of malicious content? Unambiguously malicious. Uh, misinformation, disinformation, um, something obscene, something explicitly malicious and weaponized. Those are reasons where you block a platform like that. The trouble is you would need to do it most likely in a really comprehensive way to avoid any such risk. And that's a difficult pill to swallow for many people. Yeah, you're, you're better off spending your energy trying, trying to make sure that the way that your information is being accessed, right? The things that you're trying to protect from a platform like TikTok, making sure that that stuff is in, in the right place, protected properly, if if you want to use specific attested devices that get to that data um, that don't have TikTok on it, you know, make that so. Right? There's there's ways around this because this is going to be an ever changing thing. Right. Blocking one of these applications is not really going to help. You. Yeah, it's just it's yeah. cat and mouse. Yeah, I mean, right. That's exactly. what it turns into. It, it's such a permissive barrier because it's socially oriented that actually effecting a block is an extraordinary challenge. Right. If you're in the domain of national defense, whether you're in the supply chain or directly in a federally adjacent institution, yeah, you, you probably want to have a policy and yep. an explicit technical prohibition because, you know, the actual espionage oriented around people where they sit, how densely they're sitting, you know, what work they're doing, how fast they're moving, all of those things apply offensively and you don't want that stuff to be known by an adversary. Right. But that's true for everything that we're talking about, not just TikTok. So the conversation is certainly not going to go away. It, it, I mean, I think it's interesting that it is localized a bit to, to that platform. I, I mean, I think there's, you know, there's murmurs of others, but um, I, I do agree. It's a, it's, a, it's a little bit of a broader topic around, you know, social media, which is inherently designed to share information um, and that, and sort of that negative reaction to you know, taking all the data that people are freely providing and trying to do something that maybe they don't agree with having having been done with it. I, I think there's the providers of platforms like this are in a relatively impossible position because American law, as an example, a lot of European law gives those business entities safe harbor for content that might be problematic because they are not obligated to police the content. Not really. They're not liable for it in most cases. And as soon as we shift the balance of that towards making them obligated to behave in a certain way, we end up in territory where, frankly, the original underpinnings of the Internet, which are eroding daily anyway, are going to fall out from beneath us. And I don't know that there's a balance that's easy to strike there. It's a it's a philosophical it debate is, right. at this point. It is. Yeah, I mean, it, it's. I don't know that we want to spend a, too much time on too much more time on this. I feel like it's a good segue to you know to sort of say if people want to engage in a 
broader conversation around you know the utility of actually blocking these things. You know, do you use technical controls? Is it really a policy decision? And maybe you just leave it at that. Um, the risk to some of the other platforms, you know, more generally, because it's certainly not limited to that. Uh, certainly happy to have that conversation and yeah, e- explore where this goes. I don't, I, I don't want to treat our opinion you know, purely as fact by any means, right? There's a, there's a whole variety of ways to approach this, but to date, we really have, have our guidance to our clients has been: you don't necessarily block unless you're compelled to, but you'll be mindful of you know, the fact that these aren't privacy-enabled tools. And for the time being, if you have effort to spare, invest it elsewhere. That's fair. Uh, well, as always, you know, we, we hope that people got value out of the conversation. Uh, if you weren't familiar with what was kind of going on with TikTok, uh, this brought some of that to light for you. Uh, if there's any questions or further discussions you'd like to have, please feel free to reach out to us. We're happy to talk. Uh, thank you. We'd love to hear your feedback. Feel free to get in touch at Vancord on LinkedIn or on Twitter at Vancord Security. And remember, stay vigilant, stay resilient. This has been CyberSound. Sound.